Hello, we are Shelf Check, a podcast for the question of our times. What should I read next? Shelf Check is presented by Arlington Public Library in Arlington, Texas. I am your host today, Leslie Inahosa, with my co-host, Sharon Granado. Hello. Let's talk books. Yay. Hi, everyone. Today, we are talking about mental health and self-help. So we just want to put a trigger warning out there that we will be talking about these sensitive subjects. Um, We're talking about mental health today because coming up next month is Mental Health Awareness Month. The United States recognizes May as Mental Health Awareness Month since 1949. Wow. And it makes you wonder what was it about that time that people needed to say, hey, there's something going on here. I'm thinking it could have been wars. I know my mom is in her 80s and growing up, my parents just didn't talk about their feelings. It was it was all about there's work to be done. Get up. Let's get going. And um, they just didn't talk about it. Yeah, I think May is also part of getting rid of that stigma and that shame of getting help or talking about how you feel mentally. And I think that's really important. Right. I think it's cool that you and I are doing this because you and I come from two totally different generations. generations. (laughs) And just to give the audience an idea. So I'm Sharon and I'm in my 50s. I'm Leslie and I'm 24. 24. So Leslie is the age of my kids. And you're the age of my parents. Yes. So this kind of works out. And then I have the perspective of having older siblings. I'm an 80s kid. So I went to school and grew up in the 80s. My older brothers grew up in the 70s. My mom um, is in her 80s. So I have an idea of what those generations are like. And and I have children that it just seems like the, the younger generation, they're more open about yeah. their feelings. I know my kids are and growing up when they would talk about depression and and anxiety, I just didn't understand it. Because for me, I have felt those feelings, but it was always connected to a tragedy, whether it was a dog that died or or going through a divorce or, or something like that. I know what it felt like to be depressed, but just to be depressed for no reason when no you have reason. everything, you can't figure out why. That's when it gets frustrating. Yes. I'm looking forward to this podcast and hoping that we bring awareness to other people who are similar to us. And in bringing awareness, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. They're open 24 hours a day. What do you do whenever, how do you cope? with anxiety, depression, or any feelings that you have of that sort? When I start feeling like I'm I'm depressed, it, it, it goes one or one way or the other. Either if it's something that I really need to get off my chest, I can talk to a really good friend, a family member, or if it's something I don't want to talk to anybody about, I will say I all I want to do is just go home and crawl into bed and go to sleep. I am an emotional eater, so me too. I tend to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe that Brahms banana split will make <laughs> me feel better, and then uh-huh. I'll go get a Brahms. But I will say, kind of going back to events in my life that really have made me depressed, and the last one was my dachshund that passed away unexpectedly. He was like a child. Sadness, and I've gone through deaths, and I've experienced you know, divorce and all that. I know now that through time, things do, do get better. Through time, things feel better. You learn to cope. You learn to live with that loss. And life goes on. So I know that. So I knew I would just need to like feel those feelings of sadness 
and know that it's not going to be forever and, and it's pain physically painful, but I know it's not forever. So I just let myself feel those feelings and then I, I go on. Um, but how do you deal with it? I deal with it a lot of different ways. I've gone to therapy in the past. I love therapy. I recommend it to everybody. I think you can't go wrong with therapy. You can only come out a better person than you were when you do go. Before I went to therapy, though, I I read books. I think there's a book for everything. I love reading. And I guess that's one of the main ways I cope as well. And I have quite a list of books here. And I'll list them all. I'll start with Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy by David D. Burns. This one was actually recommended to me by my therapist. Okay. So it's a really good one. It's kind of like a guide you fill out and it gives you different scenarios and it, you kind of grade yourself on how you're feeling. So it's is it kind of like a, a journal? Um, a little bit. A little bit. But it, it is a wordy book. So that's a really good one though. Okay. And then You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Mm. This one's more of a emotional, yes, you can do it if you're looking for short quotes to get you through a day that you want to highlight and repeat to yourself kind of as a mantra. This one's really good. And then another one is How to Fail Everything I've Ever Learned from Things Going Wrong by Elizabeth Day. I used to be very, very, very afraid of failure. I still am a little bit, but not as much because failure is necessary in order to grow. Yeah. And, and you learn a lot. You've seen some of the biggest successes out of failure. You always hear about, was it post-it notes? Yeah. Or, um, I don't know, something. You always hear an invention that came out of a failure and it ended up being really handy dandy. Yeah. And they made a lot of money off of yeah. it. So. so if you want to read more about that, she also talks about her failures and it's very good. It's very inspiring. And finally, I have The Alchemist. This one is a fiction book. I have read that one. You have? Did, I have. did you like it? I did like it. If people ask me for recommended books, that's mm-hmm. that's on my list. It is more of magical realism, but it makes you feel better. So it's a feel-good book as well. Yes. So I really recommend that one. So I cope by reading books. I cope by therapy. I also enjoy self-care. I um, do too. And mostly it's talking to my friends and hanging out with them. You know what? I have really gotten into baths. I have a, a garden tub and and I do like an occasional just hot, long bath. And I'll set my laptop <laughs> to, you know, usually a British movie like Jane Austen. And I'll sit there and have my cup of tea. And there's just something about that. It's my, like you said, self-care moment. Yeah. So. And another thing to note is that self-care isn't always beautiful and it's okay if your self-care looks rough and you're working on yourself and you're crying. It's all self-care. And sometimes it feels really good to be in the shower and just cry. Yeah. Just let it out. It, Like I said, it's okay to not be okay. And mm-hmm. it's okay to feel those feelings. It is. Just letting them out. And I think the older I get, the more feely I can be. And I do tend to cry easily but it's not always cries of grief sometimes Mm -hmm. it's cries of joy if I'm really happy for somebody I will have tears in my eyes so it's just those feelings it's about expressing your emotions openly I did try different types of therapy years Mm -hmm. ago you know through with my marriage and I did not have a good experience but I had a great therapy experience and it was group therapy Oh, you always really? hear about group therapy, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't yeah. want to go to group therapy. I don't, I don't want to talk in front of people because I'm not one of those people that needs a lot of attention." But it ended up being the best 
therapy I've ever had in my life. And it was, again, going back to learning how to be a single mom and all the heartaches that go with divorce. And somebody suggested to go to this group therapy and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. And I went and it was something about being in in a room full of people who understand your pain, you understand their pain. And sometimes seeing somebody and, and I know this probably sounds bad. In a worse off condition uh-huh. than you makes you realize, oh, yeah. I really don't have it this bad. You know, I I have a good job. I have a place to live. Some of these people were left kind of on the streets without mm-hmm. anything. And they're trying to figure life out from like bare minimum. So anyway, the therapy for me, that was that was group therapy was being the best really? thing for me. Yeah. I actually avoided group therapy because I didn't want anybody. That's that was me. That was me. But I ended up making these relationships with people that I have still to this day. It brought me closer to God. Oh, I wow. went to church more after that, and um, there was uh, I became really good friends with the the leader of the group. And one of the things that he said to me over and over again through that time that I was attending was. Who cares? If I was upset about something, he would just stop and just look at me and say, who cares? Who cares? What does that mean? Well, because he... What do you care what people think? Because yeah. I was always trying to do the right thing. I, and at that time, it was doing the right thing at work, doing the right thing in, for, in front of my kids or for my kids or doing the right thing so I didn't upset the in-laws or doing the right thing so I didn't upset their dad or, or just... I was so cautious of not wanting to upset anybody. And he was just like, who cares? Do the right thing. Do the right thing and don't care about all those other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my brother kind of said the same thing. He was kind of like, you know, just stay away from people who are saying these things. You don't need them in your your life. Just remove yourself from that. You have that choice. Yeah. It's your choice. Anyway, those things really got me through that hard time. And every now and then I hear when people are, are being impacted by ugly things other people say, it's like, who cares? <laughs> Just who forget them. Who cares? Yeah. And so that's really that really helped me. That's a good philosophy to have. And I think that applies also to who cares? Go to therapy, get help. Who cares about yes. the stigma? Yeah. You're not crazy. Exactly. It's okay. It doesn't matter. If you need that therapy, go to therapy. Yeah. I totally agree with you. After this last year, it just seems like I know I've had to admit I have been depressed this last year. I miss my activities that I normally did. I miss the friends that I saw on a regular basis. I miss just stuff, being quarantined and separated. Yeah. And we're social um, creatures, and this pandemic kind of cut that off. Yeah. So I know if I'm feeling it, I can only imagine. Well, I know there are some who does suffer from depression was said of something positive. They were like, you know, with this depression, people like me who like to be alone in our rooms, we're handling yeah. this probably better <laughs> than people who are social. And I said, yeah, you're right. That's great. Because the rest of us are trying to figure this out. I miss I'm going to school, so I miss seeing my classmates and my teacher in person. Online is just not the same. And I just, I don't know, it's its given us different perspectives. I, it's, it's been good and bad because then you end up spending more time at home with your family mm-hmm. and um, you just learn how to, how to cope differently. I've found that it's connected me more to nature. I used to just go inside, 
stay inside and I was kind of forced to go outside. Here in the DFW area, we have so many great parks. We do. You can go hiking or you can go walking and then just get that vitamin D. Right. So it really opened my eyes to that. I guess that's kind of a positive. Yeah, and I think another positive is that people are reaching out more. I know because I do go to school, we have graduate students in the social work department mm-hmm. who are one by one calling all the students, how wow. are you doing? How are you, you know, are you doing okay? And they will not only call, but they'll email you and they don't care what your problem is. I mean, it's not whether or not you're having a mental issue. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, are you, how's your uh, finances? How is, do you need to be connected with somebody in housing? Do you mm-hmm. need to be connected to somebody with counseling, legal counseling, clinical issues? I mean, they are ready to help the students any way they can, no matter what you're going through. Because this pandemic is impacting us politically. I mean, we've gone through, we've got a new president. We had the BLM movement. We We have the pandemic. You know, knock on wood, nothing else of it. And just um, so many aspects of, or I guess social issues going on in the world that it's really. It's mentally exhausting. It is exhausting. It is exhausting. And I think I have spent a lot of my time this last year more, taking more naps than normal. (laughs) And it's like, ah, I want to be outside living, loving stuff. So it's been a transition. So hopefully we'll move forward from the stigma. I know for, we spoke about our generational differences and I know for well, your age or maybe a little bit. Yeah, I'm not calling you old. I know. That's okay. <laughs> people your age or people a little bit older, they're a little embarrassed to talk about it. I know my parents, especially, I think it's also a cultural difference. Um, Hispanic or Latino parents like mine are like, no, just pray about it. Or that just means you're bored. Go out and clean something or mow the lawn. But I think it's okay that we get help. And part of that is moving towards that. You're right. Uh, My parents never talked about their feelings. Growing up, especially since I was the only girl, I just, I felt ashamed of having feelings. Like if I hurt myself, physically hurt myself, Mm -hmm. I would hide it because I didn't want my parents to know or my brothers to know because, you know, I'm not a sissy. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, a crybaby. If my feelings were hurt, I remember just going to my bed and crying and so nobody could see me. So yes, uh, shame, I think, was a big part of me and maybe my generation that you just you just don't do that. You toughen up and you move on. And I know when my kids started to to express themselves that they were feeling anxiety, depression, I didn't understand that. I was just like, okay, nothing tragic happened yeah. in your life. Why are you feeling this way? You mm-hmm. have a roof over your head. You have food on the table. You have a mother that loves you. You have a ton of family and friends. Why are you feeling this way? Yeah. And you've got things to do. We've got work to do. Pick yourself up and let's move on. And they really didn't want to hear that. And it was like, why not? So we had a lot of long discussions about that. And I think I was never their go-to person because they knew what I was going to say. Okay, audience, there is a movie I really need your help on. If you've seen this, it was a movie I saw within the last couple of years. And I I really want to say it was Netflix. It's a movie about a father who was a writer 
And he had like a shed on the property where he would go to periodically to write and he would sleep there. They were either British or Irish, but it was really a movie that gave me greater insight into depression because the way they did this movie, I mean, they weren't really struggling. They weren't, you know, financially, uh, they were okay. Middle of the class family when he and his wife were on good terms, it was just a joyous relationship you could tell that at one time that they were fun loving and you know they had these kids that loved them and anyway I guess you just look at his life thinking why are you depressed why are you so depressed stop it but it was like this cloud this black cloud that would just take him over and anyway it was just really eye-opening for me and I was able to understand it better Mm -hmm. and I know after that movie I I talked to my my kids and I was just like I, I get it I get it better now because I just wasn't getting it and I think it takes something like that to really because before I just would look at people going oh my gosh stop being a wimp get over it just uh, move forward and it's not like that all the time and it's amazing when you never have to experience that but it takes I guess a greater understanding to know what people are going through right and I guess I felt like that about famous famous actor famous writers like David Foster Wallace you kind of see he had everything he was a genius he was an amazing writer and then that just wasn't enough and it's like oh why not but you can't really you need to put them yourself in there yeah I know one of my kids he had all these goals he went through a hard time in, in school and and I used to tell him I said well I said why don't you create goals you know, have something to strive for. Cause I thought, Oh, if he's got something to work on, he's not going to be depressed because then he's going to, it's going to make him feel better. And one by one, he checked off all these goals, you know, in his life. And they were really big goals. Cause he was just a kid. He's still a kid. Yeah. Um, but it was like, he, he graduated school early. He got, um, his car, he got his license, he got a job, he became a manager, and mm-hmm. he's just still a teenager and all this stuff. And and one day he was just like, Mom, I did it all, but I still don't feel happier. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, this is real. That's related to, I think, maybe what celebrities feel. You reach your peak and then you're like, what's next? Yeah, what's next? What's next? And I just, and again, like for me, I... I am super excited um, for the rest of my life. There's mm-hmm. so much I haven't done that I want to yeah. see and I want to experience and I want to do. And and to think that what's next, it's like, oh, yeah, there is a next. There is, there a, is next. a next. Let's find that next. I'm really thankful that I, I've been able to be here to talk to you about this. And I know you and I have touched on this before. I've been following this vlogging community and they were van lifers that traveled the world and they were all connected at one way or another. They either met each other in Mexico or in Mm -hmm. Ecuador, but little by little you would see them have videos together. And anyway, this one young lady, and I guess I can go ahead and say her name, yeah. uh, Lee McMillan. She's a Canadian. She had this really popular blo- vlog with her ex-boyfriend, and they had traveled from Canada all the way down to Peru. It's van- It's an. It's a dream life. It's Yes, she lived a dream. She was beautiful. She was young. He was a surfer guy. But they ended up going their separate ways this last year, and they were doing their own vlogging. And I know from an outsider's point of view, looking in, I was like, 
oh my gosh, you have this life that people only dreamed of. And you had this amazing boyfriend who just seemed so, again, it's my, it's the outsiders looking in and you always hear, oh, well on social media, you only see what people want you to see. With her, it was just like, oh, it's all her. She's the reason why they broke up. She's the reason, you know, but again, you don't know. She ended up she suffered from depression and anxiety which you wouldn't have known seeing their videos because she always seemed so shiny and bright and happy and in love Um, but really she was suffering from depression she was an extrovert which normally you would think a depressed person is an introvert but she needed people and the lifestyle they were living was very isolated it was just the two of them in a small van traveling the world by themselves and they would be at beaches and places, just the two of them. And she mm-hmm. needed people. She was very open with this because she did a podcast earlier this month with another vlogging group called Amen and Beck. Yeah. And they have a also have a podcast. Which, so anybody wanting to check this out, it's Amen and Beck. They interviewed her for mental health awareness at the beginning of March. And she was very self-aware. Wow. She was very, she knew exactly what was making her depressed. And she was trying to do what she could Mm. to keep it away. Unfortunately, that same month, she ended up killing herself tragically. It has just hit the, this community hard. Mm. And I know I was really thinking, wow, why is this impacting me? But again, it was an insight into a world that I'm not totally familiar with. And how this darkness just can consume you. And you just, you know, what do you say when you when you have somebody doing the exercises and the therapies and and they're doing everything they they can to stay their head head above water and then and then they just end up going. So Mm -hmm. and then the celebrities going back to celebrities. I mean, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, you know, we've lost celebrities. Oh, Bourdain. Oh my god, that one was. Yes. It's like you look at them thinking, oh, y'all had these careers again that only people dream of but it it still wasn't enough i think it's also checking in on people who seem like they have it all and they're self-aware it's still hey how are you doing what are you doing yes it's just it's a tough topic thank you for joining in with us on this conversation we had about mental health and self-care we hope that this helps you check in on your friends, check in on yourself, and it really takes away that stigma of feeling shame or feeling embarrassed about your feelings and getting help if you need it. Yeah, and if you just Google mental awareness or mental health nearby, I know I did, and I came up with a ton of links, and it ranges anywhere from eating disorders to addiction to suicide awareness, depression. I mean, there's so much help out there if you want to just reach out on your own to look at resources to help you get through the yes. moment. There are so many resources and books and movies. So yes, don't yes, be afraid to get out there and, and get help. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and end this segment. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Self Check. Music for the podcast is Wonderful Adventures by Julian Vanarb under license by First Com Music Inc. Production and editing by Mark Dellenbaugh and special thanks to our library director, Norma Zuniga. Take care and keep reading. Mm-hmm.